Welcome to the A Show, Alderwood Anaheim Show. It's the March 8th, 2017 edition. My name is BK. How has it been? How's the March been so far? Good? Bad? Ugly? Fugly? Uh, the time's gonna change this weekend. Uh, just don't forget that. I'll remind you later at the end of the show too. Uh, daylight savings is coming this Sunday. But then, um, yeah, I'm uh, freshly back from California. A uh, little under the weather. Feeling good. Getting that sun, beach, Disneyland, hockey games, all that shenanigans, shenanza. I don't know, whatever you call it. I don't know. I'm having a lot of gibberish right now. Uh, weather was super nice down there. It was like 70 degrees, 80 degrees when I was there. It's not raining like it was a couple weeks back. And then when I came back, I came back Sunday morning. Like, uh, what time was it? 3 a.m. A plane landed at 2:20, 2:30 in the morning or so. I took a late flight uh, just before midnight Saturday. And then uh, it was freezing cold. It was like 37 degrees, uh, just above zero Celsius. So I think um, finally, after seven weeks of flying and traveling, I'm feeling the uh, illness, ill effect of it. Finally, the temperature difference is uh, getting to me. Oh, excuse me. Hold on a second. Uh, I have to burp there for a second. So um, I've been, I've been making soup. Uh, I had the chicken stock. I had chicken, onions, broccoli. And a whole bunch of spices, ketchup, because I didn't have tomato. So what am I gonna do? I was making some soup, and then um, I just finished it. It wasn't I. I created a whole pot of it, and then there's a lot. I think that's that's about five meals worth of soup. So uh, I just downed that, and then uh, I might sound nasally, although I only sound nasally. So um, but <clears throat> more than the usual, my throat is a little gone. So uh, GG rip, rest in peace, throat, and everything. So my voice is kind of gone. My nose is stuffy, but um, it doesn't deter me from the fact that I enjoy the weather down there, which I'm gonna get to in a little bit. Um, so before getting to the California California trip, I want to recap on the stock investment episode last week, and then uh, recap. You don't do that at all, BK. What the hell's going on? Uh, you know what? A lot happened since the Snap Inc. Uh, going public. And then uh, some advices, advices I put there. You know, I didn't, I didn't go over the basics, like the, you know, when it comes to philosophy of it. You know, I just say go with how you feel. And then, um, yeah, which is true. Also with the numbers and all that stuff, use a product, blah blah blah. I didn't talk about taxes, capital gains, uh, long term, short term, short term investment versus you know all that blah blah target price and all that stuff. Uh, I I don't know. If I'm in a position to give that disclaimer again, I'm a moron. I'm not your fiduciary, but I'm your friend. So um, uh, there's that. So uh, recap on the, uh, some of the stocks that I talked about last week. So some developments happened. So Snap went public last Wednesday. I was at the Snap office, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, apparently, they're going selling themselves as a camera company. So the comparison has become a GoPro. And GoPro has been, you know, terrible, has been a terrible performer in the index for a long, long time. Um. To be honest, I always link GoPro and Fitbit together uh, because of the hardware business they're in. I always wondered, you know, how... I always thought they are going to be some kind of acquisition target for Apple or uh, the bigger companies that are looking into getting to the gadget game a little bit. Uh, and then um, their prices, Fitbit and GoPro, to be honest, have been, like, really, really crashing down ever since they went public uh, a year and a half ago, a couple of years back. 
so snap uh opened at 17 dollars and then the first well ipo price was 17 dollars but when the bell rang at 10 30 in the morning uh they were going at 24 dollars and it went up to like 29 dollars or something at some point and then i saw some news articles like who's buying these like and then nbc universal invested 500 million at the 17 dollar price so they can't sell it immediately they gotta hold it for a year I don't understand why NBC jumped in so late, I'll be honest. Um, and, you know, some news articles were like, oh, millennials are buying this stock. Now, like, millennials have the money economies better. So there's one guy who bought, who was Uber driving and then bought the stock, like, four shares at $25 a piece. $100, no biggie, right? But then, uh, I don't know. So these, I, so the speculation is that a lot of these people are just ballooning the price. And then the price has been going down ever since after the first day. So it got to like 25 22 I think it ended at $21 today. But again, did I buy any? No, hell no. Because like I said, I want to give it a time. I think they're overvalued. There's no voting power for it. I think their shares are kind of a... Man, I don't want to say sham, but like I, I don't I don't think those values are justified. I don't like their user growth number, which hasn't grown in their S1 release. If you read the papers and read the report, uh, you know, they are like 300 million and then they grew only to like 310, 300 and something, 10 million. It didn't go up to like 400 million or something. They're not growing users at a rate that Facebook is. It's kind of growing at the rate that, uh, what is it? The Twitter was growing, which is like 10 million over one year period or something in the U.S., which is not great. And then the international expansion, blah, blah, blah. Who the hell knows? So because of that, I'm, uh, a lot of people are thinking this is a very overvalued stock. And then I agree. And I don't think it's worth $17, the uh, IPO price. I don't think it's worth $10, to be honest. Like GoPro is what, $9 right now? You used to be, you started at like 50 30 and all that. And I think it's going to come down. And, you know, there was another article that came out saying that the Snap. Inc. I keep calling it Snapchat. Snapchat is one part of a snap. They're trying to get into a drone business and then it failed. And if you don't know, GoPro started the drone business too until the drone started sinking on its own. And then Amazon pulled the pulled pulled it off their shelves, the imaginary shelves in the storages. Um, so uh, hardware is a hard game to play. Um, like I said, who's buying gadgets these days? You know, we have you have a smartphone. That's good enough. Um. So Snap, again, like I said last week, wait and see. Do I have a target price? When am I going to snatch it up and buy? I don't know. I'll be honest. I want to wait for the earnings numbers and then see the user growth and see their revenue and then see how their, you know, profit margins are, employment, you know, increases and all that. Um, so I want to give it a couple quarters and see how they perform. Cause, and then because there's always that initial bump when, these companies, especially tech stocks, go public. They get that initial bump like uh, Snap did initially from 17 to $29, like $12 increase per share. But then they'll have a dip and then they have a massive dip somewhere. Then it might, you know, stabilize. But then it could sink again if the numbers don't look good after like quarter after quarter. So wait and see mode on that. Um, the other one, Starbucks. Uh, Starbucks has price has been kind of going down. And then uh, I talked about the international expansion a little bit. I believe in it. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, one update from that is uh, there was a, uh economic forecast from China that came out. Uh, was it earlier this week? Later last week? Late last week? Um, late last week. I think it was Friday. They announced that the growth in China will be won't be as, you know, big as... The country has been growing, especially the last 20 years or so, 15 years, if you want to pick it. And then um, 
the uncertainty with the trade policies, with the Trump administration, border tax, import-export, all that stuff, that's causing sort of uncertainty of the growth level that China is going to have. Now, why does that matter? Well, if China is going to have trouble growing and making money getting the U.S. dollars in or the foreign currencies in, how the hell is gonna Starbucks going to expand and then like sell its $5 latte, soy latte, to the Chinese folks in the mainland? So if the economic uh, outlook doesn't look good in China, that's a big chunk of a market. That's a big chunk of potential revenue that's going to get hit for Starbucks. And then, you know, there's another... Uh, article about Starbucks that came out about how the technology and then the online order system is kind of slowing uh, Starbucks down and then they're working on to improve the process you know people make an order and then they don't pick it up or or people order and then don't pay or something I don't know something ridiculous so the online system along with the in-store sales is a bit of a mess so I think the Starbucks is like kind of getting warning, warning sign. But at the same time, there's some folks like myself who say, no, don't worry. This is a temporary panic and a bit of a transition period with the Howard Schultz stepping down and the new guy, Kevin Johnson. Was that his name? He used to be a tech CEO, by the way. Juniper and then other stuff. You know, so there's some stabilization and then the stable times coming. But then uh, Chinese international expansion outlook, you know, that, that we need, I think we need to keep an eye on it. Um, I'm gonna be a little more patient with the Starbucks. Okay, all right. So that's a bit of a recap on the on the stock. Uh, if you have any other stock questions or company questions, yeah, go ahead. Ask, ask, send questions, inquiries, or something. I'll do my utmost. But again, disclaimer: I'm not your fiduciary. I'm your friend. Okay, so it's a friendly advice. All right. So how was California? Speaking of Snap and all that. Um. So I'm gonna divide it into two parts. So the purpose of the trip. Hang on a second. I'm. I'm. I'm my mouth is getting dry, so I can't talk. So the main purpose of the trip uh, was um, I booked this like two, three months ago, uh, a while, while back. Uh, I went to follow the Toronto Maple Leafs through their California road trip last week, which was San Jose, L.A., and Anaheim. It was like, what, three games in uh, four days or so? Pretty rough, um, especially coming from East Coast, but I'm I'm coming from West Coast. I'm, I'm used to the time zone. <laughs> So uh, here's how the travel schedule went. So I took Tuesday to Friday off. I left Tuesday just before lunchtime. And then I got to uh, San Jose Airport just before dinner time, around like 4 o'clock or so. And then the game started at 7.30. So we got to the arena at 7, 7 or so. Um, we, and then... Sorry, I had to pause there for a second. I had to turn off the baseboard heater. Uh, so got there at 7, watched the game. I uh, hang out with the folks I know down there. Um, and then I had to get up the next morning. Uh, what time was it? Like 5? I had to catch an early morning flight from uh, San Jose Airport to Santa Ana or the John Wayne Airport in Anaheim. Uh, but the game was in L.A. So I thought about getting a Lyft or Uber, but then I made a decision in the last minute to rent a car. So I was going to have the car for a couple of days or so. Um, I just felt like it. I didn't think the Lyft was worth it, for, especially if I land there. Because the flight was at 6 a.m. and I landed just before 8. It was a commute time, rush hour. I said, ah, I'm going to kill a couple hours just driving, getting into L.A. Um so I had an off day Wednesday before the gate because the, the hockey games were in L.A. was Thursday and then in Anaheim was Friday. I decided to uh, go watch Conan and I got those tickets uh, a week prior. 
Um, and then after that, just hang out and then pass out because I didn't get much sleep. So Wednesday, I pretty much just passed out. And then Thursday, before the game, go to Venice Beach, hang out, watch Snap, you know, IPO. And then go watch, drop off the car at LAX. Yeah, so I did the one-way rental. And then go to the Staples Center, watch the game, hang out in downtown, uh, drink quite a little bit, get back to hotel. And then Friday, make my way to Anaheim after lunch in Koreatown. And then I took the train from Union Station to Anaheim Station, which is actually not that bad. Uh, instead of driving two hours, two and a half hours on a Friday from L.A. to Anaheim, the uh, train was 40, 40 minutes for you know, 875 or something. So that was pretty good. Um, cool down a little bit, hit the gym. I hit the gym in the Anaheim uh, hotel, which was nice. And then go to the Anaheim game. Honda Center was only like, what, 10 minutes away from the hotel? You know, Anaheim is a tourist spot. And uh, that was the end of the hockey trip. And then Saturday, before I got into the midnight flight, I decided to go check out Disneyland and the California Adventure Park by myself. Um, yeah, so that's a gist of the trip and uh, it's uh now i think about it it's pretty intense schedule uh given all that so let's talk about each day chronologically so sit back this is gonna take some time so san jose uh valley been there before done that however san jose downtown don't really hang out there so often sap center the formerly called the hp pavilion and the shark tank because the san jose sharks play there They've been there since, what, 92 or something? I think that arena was built in 1990. And I found the arena very cool looking from outside. It does look like a shark tank, like an aquarium. But when you walk in, that arena is such a 90s arena. So what I mean by that is the press boxes and the luxury boxes are actually above the uh, highest level. And then you see the cat walk in the arena. You can't find the bathroom unless you can't find the bathroom unless you go to the luxury level and then they get their own designated bathroom or something. And then the seating and then the perspective, the side sight line was like really, really like inclined in my opinion, going down from top to bottom. Um, so it it felt like such a nineties arena. It, it's not like the Air Canada Center. It's not like the Staples Center. Um, so it felt little aged. I mean, it's gonna be thirty years old soon. It's so uh, I do feel the age a little bit. Although the facility's nice, it's very easy to navigate around San Jose downtown, and then the San Jose is not that bad at all, to be honest, compared to San Francisco or something. But arena for sure, it felt definitely outdated. And then um, finding the bathroom was a pain in the ass. I think I did like two loops around and then I saw a lot of lines because there's only like three bathrooms per gender on the main level where the 100 level and the 200 level uh, sections like hang out. Um, and then the how was the game? Uh, yeah, the Leafs lost. They, I mean, they should have lost. They were god-awful uh, to start this road trip. I mean, they. I knew... I knew it was going to be a little tough. You know, San Jose Sharks are the defending Western Conference champs. So they're one of the best in the West right now, aside from the Chicago Blackhawks. But then Leafs are so out of the league, they should have lost like 5 nothing. But then uh, they they kept it close until the last two minutes or so. And then Thomas Hurdle of the Sharks scored uh, when it was 1-1. So it was 2-1, and then they scored the empty netter. The game ended 3-1. So the Leafs should have gotten a point out of that and at least get to the overtime, but that didn't happen. They couldn't hang on to the tie uh, after an early lead. They, 
uh, after the early lead and then the yeah lead that gave up they took and then the common theme going into the road trip was that Leafs suck in the third period they they blew nine held leads going into the third period coming into this road trip so it's not a surprise that they did that and uh, that was also a debut of D Brian Boyle uh former Ranger former Tampa Bay Lightning uh Clearly, here was jet lag because he was god-awful. He was out of position. He couldn't skate. He missed a lot of people. I mean, the Leafs were winning face-offs, which was great. And then Brian Boyle was a big part, integral part of that. But, man, he was so out of position. He missed guys. And then I was angry. But then at the same time, I was like, dude, this guy's flying from Tampa to San Jose and then decided to play the first game. Unlike Serge Ibaka for the Raptors, who t- took off like 10 days. I would have... <coughs> Excuse me. I would have taken... I would have taken this night off because he was clearly not like in sync at all. So um, I thought he was more of a detriment than a support in this game. But then a leap somehow kept it in within two goals. Um, the game was awful. I drank a lot and then I said fuck and then I just walked out, drank a little bit more and then I uh, had to get up and get to the get to the airport to fly the next morning. All right, so I got to Anaheim. I got dropped off at the Anaheim airport. And Anaheim Airport compared to LAX is very small, cozy. It felt like a Phoenix Airport. I'll be honest. It's uh, it's it's got the green carpet, green, yellow, orange carpet. So it felt like an '80s airport. Uh, but it's very small, cozy compared to LAX and then other ones. So it was easy to navigate around. Although it's a lot of walk, it's a pretty straight line. And then the rental car, the car review of the week. I I didn't get Nissan this time. I got Chevy Trax. I booked it through National, and then I said, since I'm the Emerald Club member, I, was, I chose the option. I was like, I'll pick anything. That was only like a $3 difference for the smallest option. So I said, I'll pick anything. So I picked Chevy Trax, and then uh, I said, let's try this car. Uh, the problem with Chevy Trax, I love the car a lot, handling and all that. Uh, there was a Apple CarPlay, so I got to use that. So the car itself is pretty nice. It's pretty roomy for the compact SUV. Handling is nice. It's an American car, so it's a little heavy. Uh, but the air conditioning, given the weather, there was like 80 degrees down there. Air conditioning wasn't working. The hot air was coming out. So what I ended up doing was rolling down the window. And then I was like, what the fuck? What is wrong with this car? And then I looked up online just in case. And other people had the same problem too. And then, and then it, was, it had about 7,400 miles on it. So I like replaced the air conditioning filter or something. I don't know. But it wasn't obviously a filter issue. Other people had this issue too. And then uh, Apple CarPlay. I never used this thing. Uh, I never had an Apple, Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. So what happens is that you just... When you plug your phone in, the infotainment system just becomes an iPhone and then it gives you a big icon with a touch screen and then it will do things so you, you wouldn't have to you know navigate through on the phone you just do it on the infotainment screen itself so it gives you most basic apps like phone music messages uh, podcast app uh, and all that stuff I'll be honest I hate the Apple Maps I mean it, it's gotten a lot better navigation wise I think when it picks the uh, routes it does a sometimes it does a better job at Google Maps. Surprise! There, I dropped it. it I think the uh, commute time on Apple is a little more accurate than Google at times, especially in the highly congested areas like LA. However, I don't like the fact that unlike Google Maps, I cannot navigate through the maps when once the navigation starts. I cannot zoom out or zoom in and see the ov- overall like overview. I have to press the overview button to see the overall, you know, the route that I'm going. 
And then also it gives you the suggestion like, hey, here's a faster route. Hey, here's a faster route. I kept skip if 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 I use Google Maps and it was navigating and it's usually I found the like the map found the faster route and you don't answer for five seconds, it just dismisses itself. However, Apple Apple Maps, it doesn't go away. I have to press on the screen. I was like, I know I have to turn around and then the some routes that it's giving is like it's telling me to make a U-turn within traffic and I'm like, dude, I'm not fucking taking a U-turn. Can I go back to the old route? So one time what happened was that I was coming ho- coming to a hotel from Conan Show and Warner Brothers Studio. Then it, ma- it gave me an alternative route off of 101. And then it told me I picked the alternative route. And then but I sa- it says make a U-turn. It's like I can't f- make a fucking U-turn. It's impossible in the evening traffic. So I just kept going. And it kept telling you to make a U-turn every time instead of, you know, recalculating and rerouting with the way I'm going. So Apple, little dumber still. And then the fact that I cannot navigate through the map, uh, you know, zoom out, zoom in, I can freely do on the Google Maps is goddamn frustrating. And then uh, music player messages and all that, I try to use Siri through it, hella buggy. And then um, I, I don't know when I could start talking to Siri uh, in this car for some reason. Unlike in the usual Siri, it gives you that little bling sound before you start talking. I mean, I, I hate that bling sound when I use it on the phone, it's like, just do it already, but when I'm in the car, I gotta focus on the road, so it should signal me to speak, but it doesn't signal me, so I just stay there and shut up and waiting for this thing to come, doesn't come, and then I look, and I was like, I said, what the fuck, and then the thing it took was, what the fuck, and I was like, I don't understand you, BK, and then I'm like, ah, shit, and then, yeah, so it's a little annoying, work to do, but was it and then uh was it way easier to navigate through and stuff ah, it's a little better but i still like you know directly controlling it off of the phone that's way that has way more freedom and much better response time i can't believe i spent that much time on apple carplay but there was that so i picked up the car and then i decided to go to the universal studios to kill some time so i had a conan show booked uh but I can start picking up my seat number at 12.30, 12.45 or so. And this was still uh, 9 o'clock or something. So I, uh, I I had three hours. I couldn't check into my hotel until 2.33 in the afternoon. But I cannot go to the hotel when the taping might be going on. So it's too risky to make a drive from my downtown LA to Warner Brothers at that time. So what I decided to do was I'll do the long morning commute to the studio side and go to Universal Studios. And then I'll just pay the parking and then hang out there. I thought about going to the studio amusement park itself too, but it was $90, $99. And they only open till 6, which I don't understand. It's like 9 to 6 on like Disneyland opening till midnight. And I I just couldn't fit the Universal Studios Hollywood this time to do the Harry Potter and Transformers tour. So what I ended up doing was just hang out, hanging out at the, the, I guess, the downtown Universal uh, studio area so I just pay the 20 bucks parking hang out go to Starbucks hoping that I could pick up the mug but apparently I have to go into the park and go to the upper uh, Starbucks lot and then I gotta go pick it up within the park so I couldn't do that so I just got the coffee hung out you know look at the stores and then um, I got to see the fountain and then the universal spinning logo and I saw the extra being taped there so I saw Mario Lopez from this end, and then I saw um, was it Carissa Thompson lady she was on the phone. She was in front of me at one point too, and then but I was on the phone too. I was I had to take care of some shit, so we're both on the phone going about our lives. But I was like, oh wow, she's a eh. 
yeah, she's about my height or something, but whatever. And then I saw the other extra lady, Tracy Simmons. And then uh, so I was like, oh, cool. But then um, I wasn't, I don't get starstruck at all. So I just go like, ah, they're people. They got lives. I don't want to bother them. And then um, I actually enjoyed Carissa Thompson's podcast with Richard Deitch on the sports media podcast. So I just wanted to holler and like, yo, I enjoy the podcast or something. But uh, obviously she was on the phone, so I couldn't say it. So whatever. But it happened. I saw her. I met people. I met, I met famous people. Or I, at least I saw. So that was cool. So I hung out there, and then I got I made my way to the uh, Warner Brothers studio. Uh, the parking is free. The ticket is free, which is nice. And by the time I got there, so what you do first do is you book it online through this website called the oneiota.com, the number one iota, iota.com. Well, they they book all the tickets for all the Hollywood shows uh, like Conan, Jimmy Kimmel, James Corden, all that stuff. And then what they do is they they – they offer you a reservation and they overbook it and then you have to go pick it up in the studio before the show taping begins you get the number once you have the number you have your seat or the seating group pretty much set the advice i got was show up early like 12 30 1 o'clock in the afternoon and when i got there there was nobody there it was like five people so i was like panicking i was like all right i'm hella early and then i got the number i show my id uh, and then they said, all right, come back by 3.15 because the taping starts at 4.30. Well, 4.30 to 5.30. Taping starts at 5.30, goes for an hour. But 4.30 to 5.30 is a bit of a preview show with a basic cable band and all that, La Bamba, Pander, and all those guys. So, uh, you know, get the crowd riled up and get energized before the show begins. Um, so we come back by 3.15. So I picked it up, and then it was 1 o'clock. I still had a couple hours to kill. Then I don't want to move the car. I had it in a pretty good spot. I mean, par- parking at the Warner Brothers Studio 8 is pretty ample, so it's good. But um, I don't want to drive. I don't feel like driving after making long commute drives from Anaheim to L.A. and driving through L.A. towards the studio. So I decided to walk around um, the Warner Brothers Studio and get some lunch because I haven't really eaten at this point. So I ended up uh, walking around the Warner Brothers Studio I didn't do the studio tour. The timing was too tight. And then, uh, so I decided to go to King's Deli, um, just across the street, uh, near Studio uh, 8, which was an LA King's Deli. Uh, so it's all, it has all the LA King stuff. Players used to walk in and, you know, sign autographs and stuff. They had two photos of the Stanley Cup victories from 2013 and then 2015. So I grabbed a, I grabbed a sandwich, and then uh, it was pretty good for the price actually yeah i drove i i, I drove to king's deli it was uh, the street parking was free for a couple hours but then um i didn't want to drive further i wanted more coffee um so i walked around and went to a i couldn't find the starbucks i know and then there wasn't exactly a coffee shop near so i ended up going to this juice bar uh pretty hipsterish place so i got some um banana kale juice it was like seven dollars something like god dang and then um i just sat there you know took a breather a little bit and then um i saw a lot of people walk in i guess the the entertainment people that work around there in the studio you know looking good and they walk in and pick up more juice and i just like people watch sit you know watch the juice catch up a little bit those off a little bit and i ended up walking the back walking back to my car and then i got to the studio uh just after three o'clock i just i wanted to be a little early just in case the security line and all that gets long and by this time it was packed in there uh in the waiting area 
So I was like, holy shit, but uh, don't worry, it's okay, because you got your number. So once you have your number, your seating group and the row and all that is set. And then uh, at 3.15, they start calling people, okay, 1 to 10, come up, 11 to 20, come up. I was 19, so I had it. 18 wasn't there, so that person missed out. Um, and then uh, I was three rows back, and then uh, the studio, Warner Brothers Studio, uh, they also have the two broke girls, mom, and then uh, what's that other one? Uh, two and a Half Men was uh, used to be filmed there. So uh, we start walking from the parking structure to the actual studio, and then uh, a lot of waiting, waiting until the groups come in, so it, it goes by group. And then we got to the studio, and then they, I sat three rows behind uh, on the right side or the left side of the host desk and then it was pretty fucking close and then uh, they tell you to turn the phone off when once the recording begins before that is okay they let you you know instagram snapchat and all that so i took a picture uh just before the tapings began and then i turned my phone off and then you know what when the ticket is free parking is free and when conan's a nice guy i follow as they say so you know uh, and then a guest, oh, I got the guest list the day before. It was like Mandy Moore and Jimmy Pardo and uh, this guy named Chris Kane. Uh, so I didn't take a picture of Mandy Moore or anything. That's fucking rude if you do it in the middle of a taping, you know. So they have their own social media people too. But so when I say, yeah, Mandy Moore was taller than I thought. I was like, where the hell is Mandy Moore in my Instagram post? I was like, well, I have to turn it off, man. I have to be polite. And, you know, follow the rules here. And then actually the one lady behind me had her phone on. And then in the middle of the interview uh, with Mandy Moore, the phone went off. And then it was right behind me. So the producer was obviously looking at us and the shit. But I was like, I know it was right behind us. And then I was like, Jesus, lady, you had one job. You had one task to do. You had to turn your fucking phone off. And you didn't turn your phone off, really? So, anyways. The Conan, Conan show, it was pretty good. Uh, the band... And then the guy, the hour before the taping began at 5.30 was pretty cool. Um, the, I forgot the guy's name, but he was making jokes, running around, you know, picking audiences, making them dance in front. Uh, the band did play their music, and then Pender and all the La Bamba and these guys walked through the crowds in the different rows. So we saw them clo- up close, and then they play their instruments. Deafening me, pretty much. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's a way to get crowd energized, so when the applause sign comes up, you go nuts and you know all that stuff but i was pretty tired too so i didn't really scream or anything uh and then the guy sitting next to me wasn't i don't think he was a conan fan he just tagged along so he wasn't really enthusiastic to my left but the guy to my right was hella enthusiastic so it was cool so i was a moderate guy in between i was a lucky pierre um so and then mandy moore came out and did her shit and uh Wow, she was way taller than I thought. I mean, and then and then Conan actually made the remark. He's like, "Wow, you're taller than I thought." When I was like, "She's like five nine. and then I'm like, "Dude, like I'm I, I'm five nine or close to it." And then like, goddamn, with those three inch heels, you you look like a fucking gazelle. Ah, I couldn't think of a word. So, but anyways, and then uh, she looks the same. How old is she now? Like, I remember when she was in Walk to Remember and all, when she was singing and shit. She looks exactly the same. She just has a longer hair and she looks a little older. So I was like, God damn. But anyways, so the show was good. The music, uh, Jimmy Pardo was funny. The short dude who has a podcast and all that comedian. Then uh, Chris Kane, apparently he's a country singer. I don't know who the hell it was, but the band didn't look like a fucking country band. It looked like a hipster band, like a weekend or something. But then they were singing a country song. Uh, the voice was all right. So it was good. So... 
yeah, I got to see the show. The, by the time it ended, it was like 6.40. And then I got back to the hotel. And then I kind of passed out a little bit because I didn't sleep. I was tired. I was tired from driving. The weather was nice. So I was like completely relaxed. And I got up. And then uh, I decided to go to Little Tokyo and get some uh, Japanese food. Because uh, I was in downtown. I was like the northwest side of downtown. I was in between the Union, Little Tokyo Union Station and the Koreatown. I was right in between, uh, what was the road name? Lucas and 3rd or something. So yeah. And it was only a mile and a half away, but I didn't feel like walking, so I just got a lift. It was like three, four dollars each way. Um, got to the little Tokyo, got some Japanese food, got some katsu, and then um, I ordered a bottle of sake. I drank it by myself. I finished eighty percent of it, but it was ten dollars, and I said I maximize the value. I don't have to finish this bottle. And then um, I just started bar hopping because a lift driver told me where to go hang out uh in the jap little tokyo it's like the restaurants are in front but the back that's where the bars are the bars are pretty nice i lived around here i lived like three blocks from here man i was like all right man thanks and then um, i don't remember after that the sake was pretty strong i was pretty tired food was good i finished all the food but uh, then uh yeah I, I i think i went to a couple bars and then drank more sake and then drank more gin and tonic. But then uh, I kind of blanked out. But um, I somehow got up the next morning. I made it home. I didn't walk back. I was like, I was going to walk back. But then it got really, really chilly, like 50 degrees, 60 something degrees or something. Really cold for L.A. And then uh, I got, I somehow got back to the hotel. I got up the next morning. And then uh, this was the L.A. Kings trip. Uh, so, But before that, I never visited the Santa Monica, the Venice Beach. Uh, so I decided to drive there. Before dropping the car off in the afternoon at the LAX, I decided to hang out at the beach. And then um, I par- parking was a bit of a pain. The street parking is non-existent. I mean, there are street parkings, but it's got awfully impossible. As a tourist, are everywhere. You know, there are a lot of offices there too. And then uh, I got off. I paid. I paid twenty bucks or something, and I didn't care at this point. I just, I just wanted the car to be safe and then return it just promptly. So I got to the Venice Beach, I saw the Venice sign, and then I was looking for the Snapchat headquarters, and this was the day they went IPO. Now, I found it, but there wasn't any sign or logo or anything say, hey, this is Snapchat. It, wasn't, it looked like a, one of those surf shops, you know, like a block in to the Venice Beach uh, from, the south, uh, from the southwest entrance. And I was like, oh. and then I saw a lot of crowd around there, and then people were protesting and yelling and shit. And then it turns out uh, those are locals, uh Venice Beach residents and then the business owners who don't like the fact that Snapchat is uh, in the heart, snapping, excuse me, is in the heart of the Venice Beach by the surf shops, pot shops, smoke shop, restaurants, coffee shops, and just, you know, kicking all the businesses out, some residents out from the wor- local workers. And then, um, you know, just trying to create a little campus. And then uh, these people are protesting. It's like, it's like, it ain't, you know, people had signs like Snapchat is killing the Venice Beach, the creativity, arts, and everything. One girl had a sign that says, delete Snapchat. And then I just yelled at her and I was recording her. I said, this is going on Instagram stories. And then it did. It's not on Snapchat. So, you know. And then uh, people were protesting about Evan Spiegel. You know, a whole bunch of hippies pretty much were yelling like, man, they make billions where we get nothing. They make billions today, man. What's happening? They're ruining this community, man. So... It turns out, uh, aside from trying to create the campus, if you don't know the history of Snap Inc., uh, you know, it started by this guy named Evan Spiegel and one other dude uh, from Stanford, but they decided to open this thing in L.A. 
Now, that was a one good idea because if you're trying to get a popular, you know, socially popular app, you need to be in the heart of a pop culture like LA in the Venice Beach or something. And then one thing that Evan Spiegel also said was that, you know, having a walk on the beach is nice, but, you know, if you want to talk strategy and, you know, walk and then talk to, you know, teammates or different investors and advisors, if you can walk through the crowd, you know, no one will pay attention to you. No one can catch what you're saying. Unlike in the Silicon Valley in Palo Alto or Mountain View or something where everybody's a fucking disruptor of this world. And then, uh, you know, the creators and all that shit. Everybody has a fucking business idea talking about, you know, pitch, you know, 30 second elevator pitches and then the, you know, the venture capital and all that. So it's a it's a little clusterfuck of the same thing going on. So he said, fuck it, we're going to go to the beach and then we're going to have a talk here. And then it's a really nice vibe too, you know, because it's a beach and then it's Venice. It's not Hollywood. It's not, you know, Disneyland or anything either. So it's a smart strategy. And then there are other companies there too, like Google. I saw Autodesk that looked like a 7-Eleven. There are a lot of workspaces there. But Google and these guys are, uh, like, well beyond these uh, beach businesses. Uh, a little further up, about, like, five, six blocks up. Like, a mile, mile and a half away. But Snapchat is where the tourists are you know so that it's a little more offensive compared to google or other guys that are down there which is interesting um so i i kind of i not kind of i do understand where the frustration comes from you know they're raising property taxes they're kicking businesses out and then it's not like these are the most rich people living in the venice beach there you know at times it was considered shady you know i saw some homeless people too and then these guys just come in and then the young young people then just gentrify this thing. And it's not like, you know, so but all tech companies do this, you know, the gentrification is a part of process and development and prosperity. At the same time, you don't go and then just kick out all the small businesses, you know, and then take their buildings. It's not like Amazon and South Lake Union here in Seattle. South Lake Union had nothing. It was like a dumpster. And then Amazon came in and said, fuck it, we'll take this empty land and then develop it. Then Twitter came in, Dropbox came in, and Google came in, and all these other guys came in after Amazon started building a campus around this empty land. Snap just comes in and takes all the surf shops and smoke shops and is like, yeah, but how much are they going to help, blah, blah, blah. I do understand. And then there was a bit of a Silicon Beach thing going on there too. Tinder is there. All the dating sites are in LA. Media companies are there. Hulu, Netflix has some presence there. Uh, You know, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> aside from just the company valuation that I gave earlier, uh, social impact of it, I don't know. It just, it just worries me. It's just, it's, just a, it's just a class gap. And then you could clearly see when you're... I stood there and watched the protesters and they're like local news there to like KTLA and then the ABC station and then Fox Business News was there. I think that was the only national station there. And then... I was talking to the reporters and shit. He's like, oh, is that the headquarters? Like, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I was like, why are they protesting out there? Not happy with it, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're giving me the narrative that so I don't have to watch it on TV. And I was just standing there. I was wearing my Blue Jays hat. So they know that I'm a foreigner with a Maple Leaf on. And then I was just like, you know, I was just standing there watching the protest, you know, kind of like sinking it in, man. And then I talked to this one dude, Mike. Shout out to you, Mike. Uh, so he, I met this dude Mike, and then he was talking to him. He's in, the, he's in media too, and then and I had a good chat about it. 
I know I I came out clean and I work in technology, but I don't agree with the whole gentrification and all that stuff. You know, I don't like the disrupting the disruption of all the shits. Uh, you know, the usual that I always talk about here. And then um, you know uh, yeah, I I I saw it firsthand on the first day of IPO. Um, uh, and then I I think I'll never forget that experience aside from just walking on the beach, and then just seeing the place and then um. It just it just saddens me thinking about it. You know these people. And then I was standing right outside the headquarters. I saw this one employee. I I knew you could tell the employees. They had the white access badge. It's just a white card with a photo in front. I was just standing there. I was just trolling, and I'd be like, "Hey man, did you guys get any goodies like a pen and a T-shirt for going public today? Or can I get a voting share that you guys have? Can I buy them from you? I, I the ones that I can only buy are like twenty eight dollars a share, non voting share. I want the voting share one. Can I buy? You know, a couple of girls laughed, but then none of the guys left and, and laughed. And then I was like, dude, you guys are no chill, man. So I was like, I, I don't know if I want to work for Snap if I ever get an opportunity. These guys are not fun. And then they're saying they're moving into Venice Beach and want to have fun. And then you can't take a troll joke. And one guy yelled back at the protesters coming back into the office. Go home. Go back. And then I'm like, dude, you're, dude, put it in a perspective. Did you vote for Trump? Are you a fucking, like, uh, what is it? Ron Paul voter? You know, just think about the, your effect here. And then um, I mean, you could also clearly see, you know, in the Venice Beach, who's a, who's a snap employee and who's a tourist. You know, they don't have a beach body, they don't have a tan, then that's an employee working indoors, you know, getting the snap filters working. I could just tell. And then uh, if they're Asian, most likely, and don't wear sunglasses or something, they're snap employees. And I was like, hey, man, do you guys get the, sna- do you guys get the snap share? And then they don't talk to me at all. I was like, who's this motherfucker? He's like, am I homeless? And then I'm like, dude, you guys are no fun. I don't, I don't want to work here. I don't want to work here. I, I was very disappointed by people of snap. You know, I, I was like trying to be... Bo- Outgoing and then it's like, hey man, how oh, you guys work here? Yeah, hey, congratulations on IPO today. Can I get a share? You know, nothing, 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 no fun. And then Evan Spiegel's not there because he was in New York, you know, doing the ding ding ding, the fucking opening bell. So, and then people are like, Spiegel, come out here. It's like, protesters, you're an idiot too. It's like, don't you know how IPO works? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just like, you know, having a class warfare here, but you know, I don't know. I I was disappointed by Snap. I, I mean, I understood the protesters, and then um, you know they had the, the the, the what you call it the, the 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 microphone going, and then they keeps talking to all the tourists like, Snapchat is destroying Venice. They made billions today. We get nothing, nothing. The city loves them, but the city doesn't love us and all that shit. You know so. But uh, yeah. So and then uh, I, I hung out in the beach a little more, and then I went up a few blocks and saw the Google office. I think uh, that was a Gold's Gym right beside Google, uh, LA. And then um, I got, I'll be honest, I, I didn't contribute to the local business. You know those small rundown shops. I went to one of those, burrito shop that just opened. Like brand spanking new, and I got this bulgogi, like bulgogi rito or something. It's a burrito, but it's bulgogi. It looked, <laughs> it looked bad, but it tasted pretty good in the end. So I was like, ah, that was worth eight dollars. Then I went to go get a coffee, and I don't go to a little rundown coffee shop. It was like a place next to and near the tech companies. It was called the uh, what is it? Rocket, Rocket Fuel, Rocket Boost Coffee, and then they like it's like one of those, and like 
And then I walk into the coffee shop. It's not like pretty baristas. It's all like surf dudes that look like fucking models off of uh, Calvin Klein or Banana Republic. And I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm so I'm I'm so out of place here. You come to the beach and you see local people. Everybody's fucking jack. Everybody's fucking LA and tanned and toned and shit, wearing white shirt while I'm wearing my blue shirt. You know, and then I'm at 158 right now. Woohoo, getting close weight wise. And then I feel like pretty intimidated walking in. And then you look at the coffee menu in this place. And then you can add protein shake. You can add this. You want to get cold brew, man? Oh, we'll add protein into it too. So you can get jacked and you'll be handsome. You're going to be the next Arnold. Arnold Classics coming. Uh, you know, all that shit. And then I was like, ah, I'll, I'll just get a decaf Americano. There'll be $5, man. Thanks. All right. And then um, I just walked out. And I started walking back in shame, you know. Feeling like a, not fat ass, because I'm not fat anymore, but I feel like a scrawny little asshole. So I'm like, ah, shit. And then, like, I better, at least I gotta be like Evan Spiegel. At least I gotta have a fuck you money to not feel ashamed. (laughs) I gotta have something go IPO. So I just felt that shame, and I started walking back. And then um, I got to the beach, and I got to the sand. I wasn't wearing my flip-flops. I just had my, you know, Nike Lunar Lemons on. Lunar Temple. Yeah, Lunar Temple, not Lunar Lemons. Lululemon. Um... Then I lied down and then I just slept, took a nap for a bit. Weather was nice. It wasn't extremely hot. It was like 75 degrees. You feel the ocean wind. God, it was so fucking awesome. I, I never felt the satisfaction. It's like, oh, you went there by yourself. How, you, how sad is that? And like, no, it's not. It's the most freak feeling ever. You know, I, I'm not restricted down to what is it? Uh, you know, the dietary restriction. Or, I don't want that food. No, I don't want to eat that. No, fuck that place. I don't want to go there. Or, like, can we go now? Like, none of that shit. It's all on my schedule. It's on my watch. Go at my pace. How fucking awesome is that? That's what the fucking vacation should be. And some people thought I went down there there to interview. Nah, man, I don't want to fucking interview. I went there to fucking relax. And, like, see Conan, see hockey, you know, drive around, get that L.A. traffic. And then more and more I, like, take this California L.A. sun in. I I've, I wanted to play Grand Theft Auto Five again, San Andreas. I like driving around L.A. as much as I did in this trip. My God, it felt like I always was part of a uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, and then it's it's a testament to how how well Rockstar Studios did uh, with the uh, you know reflecting L.A. in different neighborhoods uh, in this in the neighborhood of San Andreas. Uh, so I, I'm trying to get the game running again. I want to play it again now. I, 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 My God, it was so awesome. So after I took a nap and then I got up, I started driving back and then I drove to LAX, you know, pumped the gas in, returned the car. And then the LAX, if you don't know, it's just size out of Inglewood. It's a, it's a little shady here and there. Inglewood's not that bad, but, you know, it's not as bad as it used to be. But it wasn't. And then the LAX is a little weird. It's a big-ass loop. But then the car rental places is like it felt like you know uh, like eons away, and then I I dropped the car off, I I took a break for a little bit, but then I said you know what from here I'm gonna take a lift. I don't want to drive to Staples Center and park around the Staples Center. That's why I dropped the car off, and I wasn't gonna go to Anaheim next day anyway. And I'm not gonna drive to Anaheim. That's a two and a half hour drive Friday afternoon. So I thought about calling Lyft. Uh, from the car rental center, but there wasn't exactly a pickup spot, and then I don't want to stand beside some random shady people, so I just took a shuttle back to LAX and went to a pickup area, uh, which was alright. Uh, LAX is a clusterfuck as always in all the terminals. There were seven terminals in a U-shape loop, but then um, I got my lift, 
got got in. Driver's name, I still remember Tiffany. She was pretty cool. And then, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, she's from Ohio. And then we talk about, you know, moving to L.A., living in L.A., uh, podcast radio stations a little bit. What was a podcast she told me? God. Oh, uh, this 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 episode is going a little long. I'm going to do a two-parter on this. I'm not going to cover Disneyland and all that in this one. So I'll find it next time. I don't have my phone. My phone died. But, you know, uh, so shout out to Tiffany. Shout out to Mike in this episode. Um, you're the real MVPs of this trip. Uh, you guys are. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then it took 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes to get to the get to Staples Center. I was in a rush. And then I got to Staples Center and the LA Live, and uh, I got there an hour before the game. Wow, it was a... Uh, it was pretty fucking fantastic. And, and there are a lot of restaurants and stuff there too. There was a new era store. I wanted to buy, I wanted to replace my uh, Jay's hat with a Maple Leafs hat, which I don't have. My old hat kind of like worn down after 10 years. So I wanted to pick up the Leafs hat and then I found one. But then somebody folded the goddamn brim on the 5950. I was triggered massively. And then I asked the guy and then my, it was, it was the only one in my size, 7 one eighth. And then I asked the guy, dude, do you have another one, exact same one with this size? Somebody folded a goddamn brim. Who the hell does that for the fitted hat? Ah! I was started raging inside, and then I waited for 10 minutes. And I was like, sorry, man, we can't find it. The only thing we have are like seven three quarters or something. It's like, oh, man, you have it. You only have sizes for fucking Fat Joe's and DJ Kali's heads in this store. God damn it. So I couldn't pick it up. I was pretty disappointed. I was willing to pay $30. So I was like, ah, and then, but the New York store was cool. LA Live was pretty fantastic. You know, I saw the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar statue, bronze statue, Oscar De La Hoya, Magic. Uh, I didn't see Wayne Gretzky. I saw Luke Robitaille, though. Um, but then I didn't take a picture of every single one. I just took the Luke Robitaille. But he's more LA King t- uh, to me. He's a Mr. LA King than Wayne Gretzky because Luke Robitaille played there the entire career pretty much until he got to the Red Wings. Who? Um... And then uh, we got into the Staples Center. Uh, we, I, did. Um, it was one of the m- nicest arenas I've ever been to. Uh, Air Canada Center is hella nice. I would say they're equal. Um, Air Canada Center and Staples Center, equal on the same level. Um, one other cool thing, though, was that uh, they had a patio where you know people smoke and drink and all that, too, which I didn't know. It's like, oh, they let you... S- smoke and do all that shit here and then it was pretty nice and then uh, i was just hanging out because that's where the hard liquor bar was a cocktail and gin and tonic and shit so i was hanging out there before the game and then during intermission i came out and took a break get some air and i i met a couple people you know i met a lot of maple leafs fans there and then uh, they were they were following them too uh just la and anaheim mostly people didn't drive to san jose and all that i did because i'm such a die fucking hard um well, you know, one guy I talked to, uh, you know, he he lives in Newport, but he says Honda Center is way nicer, uh, which I'll get to next week in the next episode. But you know, and then we talked about stock and then CIBC and all that stuff. You know, split. I don't know. Obviously, these these former Torontonians made a lot of money, uh, and then about listening to this, and then I was just like, you know, be, being that Maple Leaf fan living in LA. You know, watch them every year that they come for the last 10 years or something. That was pretty cool. Um, I should have linked in or some shit, but I didn't do that. Because like, I thought we could see. It's like, hey, we'll see you tomorrow in Anaheim. And then that didn't happen. But then, uh, oh, and then uh, they gave me a good tip. 
So if you're ever in LA, where do you go hang out? So according to this man, uh, his name I think was Wayne. He said that okay, if you want to go hang out where the locals are, which is a common thing that people do when you go to the towns, it's like don't go to the touristy spots. You go to Manhattan Beach. That's where you hang out, and then that's where all the hockey players live, and some other basketball, pl- some basketball players live. But it's mostly people in their twenties, you know, where the white young celebrities and athletes live. In Manhattan Beach, you know, so when the players visit and shit, they always go to Manhattan Beach and hang out with the Kings players or something. And then, you know, I'm sure that's where the ESPN reporters and all that are too. So I was like, oh, good tip. It's like, hang out at the Manhattan Beach. That's where the young money is. That's where the young beauties are. I was like, all right. I didn't get to go. I was too tired. I was hanging out in downtown near LA Live this time. But, all right, tip for you next time if you ever, if you get out there and if you want to hit on hockey players or something. I don't know. Oh, you're, you're, you play for the Kings? Oh, I didn't know. What is hockey? Uh, I don't know. Fuck. Some shit like that. So, uh, and then the Staples Center Ice was, uh, the arena itself was pretty cold too. So now, it was the exact same temperature as it was in Phoenix, like 78 degrees or something in the evening. But LA did a way, way, way better job keeping the ice cold. And then so, I saw one guy. I heard one guy complain, ice is bad. And like, no, that ice ain't fucking bad. And then I talked to other people, too. do you think the ice is bad? No, man, fucking ice is nice. It's all nice and cold in there. So, yeah, I don't know what the fuck I was fucking talking about. And then I was like, go to Phoenix and see how bad the fucking ice is. And then, so, ice was good. Leaves took a lead really early. Uh, one nothing. Bozak. It went off of his foot or something. And then I was like, oh, my God, they came to play. And then uh, they did pretty good for the two periods. And it was 2 nothing. And then third period begins, and then the LA Kings started coming out swinging. And then to be honest, I thought this was the only game in this uh, road trip that Leafs had a chance to pick up a victory. And then uh, they had a chance, at least the first 40 minutes, but then they fucking blew it. Uh, it, it, was, it was just sad watching this. And then uh, Leafs eventually lost it in the shootout. Um... But god dang, and then Jonathan Quick, I thought Jonathan Quick made a quick save, but then uh, at one point in overtime, Leafs score, should have scored, but they missed the net to the side of the net, and then uh, Leafs were completely, Leafs were not ready coming into the third period, and I was like, what the fuck? They they got, they gave up two goals hella fast within the first, like, eight minutes of the third period, and then they called, Mike Babcock, the head coach, called the timeout and shit, and I'm like, yeah. And then one guy was like, why are you calling timeout now? I was like, dude, they just gave up two goals in within like five minutes. Wouldn't you call the fucking timeout? These are young kids. You need to wake the fuck up. So I was like just getting angry, getting drunk, yelling and shit. I was like, what the fuck, man? And then like, you know, all that shit. And then uh, I went home disappointed. At least they got a point. But I was disappointed by the fact that this was a game they had a chance to win. LA Kings are not exactly the top team like they were before. They're like barely fighting for the playoff spot like the Leafs are in the Western Conference. But then, my God, Leafs just blew the lead once again in the third period. Or had, you know, couldn't lock the game down in the third period. So, I was pretty depressed after watching this. So, I just went and drank more. What was the place I went to? Casa. That was a Tiffany's advice. Kana? Casa? Something like that. Hana? It was like a four-letter place. Um, that's a that's a rum place, but I said fuck rum. It makes me throw up. So yeah, that was that. And then I got back to hotel. Uh, for the sake of the time of this podcast, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it to the LA portion here. Oh, uh, Brian Boyle looked way way better in this game. 
And also, Leafs were winning gazillion face-offs. It was like 60 to 40, the ratio. It was like 58 to 42 and all that, 57, 43. And then when the Kings started scoring, they started winning face-offs way more. But how do you win all those face-offs and st- still fuck up, which I don't understand about this team? And Brian Boyle did way better. Obviously, he needed a one day of sleep, at least a couple days of rest before suiting up for the Leafs. So there was that. But then, uh, you know, Austin Matthews did a, did a little dipsy doodle spinorama move, you know, in the early in the game. My God, I should have recorded that, but goddamn, it was disappointing uh, watching them lose. And then, um, yeah, so that's how the first three trips of the trip went. And then uh, I, on the Friday and Saturday, I spent the days in Anaheim mostly. Well, there was a little. Uh, what well, was a pit stop in the Korea town for the lunch? I wanted to go to Korea town after the game, but I was too fucking tired. I don't wanna. I was not ready to drink soju or anything after getting hammered in the L.A. Kings game, and then uh, so I decided to just hang out in downtown. You know. So, anyways, uh, I'm gonna leave it there for now. Uh, I'm gonna resume the California California uh edition to the next week. We're gonna talk about the uh, what was it? The Koreatown, the restaurant, Koreatown vibe a little bit, Anaheim, uh, Disneyland, California Adventureland. I I was there like 10 hours. My God, it's it's three more than I could handle alone, and I don't have kids. So I'll talk about that next week. So uh, California Part 2, that's going to come next week. Uh, ooh, am I going anywhere this weekend? Uh, I'm trying to fit Portland somewhere, but uh, I'm under the weather, so I, I don't know. Maybe I, I might just rest. I it's been seven straight weeks that I flew somewhere. <laughs> and then uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. And I got two more mugs. So uh, I got 24 now, which I'll talk about it next week. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I'm going to stop it right here. Uh, I'm going to return with a part two next week. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Last episode, actually, the stock investment got a got one of the highest number of listens that I can remember. And then it's the most popular on iTunes right now. Um, so, Thank you. Although, I need more feedback. I want to hear more from you. Do you disagree with me? Do you agree with me? Did I miss anything? Did I miss a spot in L.A.? Do you have any questions about going to TV shows? My God, you got to do it when you're in L.A. You got to go to a free TV show. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Look for a show with a thumbs up. Uh, I'm also on Stitcher. SoundCloud, obviously, where this is posted feeding uh tune in radio although i don't really check that as often i just put it there in case you use it also uh any podcast app you use uh you can find me google play music that was the other one you can find me on there too and then uh you can add questions comments on the soundcloud or on the itunes leave a review i don't care how many stars you give if you think it's shit tell me it's shit if you think it's a good shit tell me it's a good shit so email me uh aa-show at outlook.com uh twitter what aa show all one word what like in stone cold steve austin what what aa show all one word that's my twitter handle uh thanks for listening uh don't forget to change your clock this saturday night uh we're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna have 2 a.m sunday morning we're gonna jump from 1 a.m 159 to 3 o'clock in the morning so we're gonna lose an hour we're gonna lose an hour i'm gonna talk about that more i bitch about this every year twice a year okay have a great week Have a great spring. Change your clock this weekend. All right.